which is on five, four, page 546 in the Church Bibles. Um, I'm going to read it twice. That's page 546. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? He made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And again, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Thanks very much, Olive. Um, it's worth just saying that the titles on the back of the uh, service sheets are not actually relevant for this evening. Uh, I'm afraid there aren't any for this evening. That's for this morning's. Uh, but please do keep Psalm 8 open. Uh, let's just pray before we start. Lord God, we do thank you for gathering us here this evening. We pray that you would open our minds, that you would open our hearts to you and your will and to your word and what you have to say to us. We pray it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, psychologists say that one of the core things that drives us in life is the search for significance. Some of us look for significance in success and material wealth, getting a promotion or earning more money. Others of us look for significance in relationships. We think that if we could just secure the approval of friends or family, then we'll feel more significant. But what happens if we don't get the promotion or we lose our job? Who are we then? What if relationships break down or end or ultimately ended by death? Then who are you? Even if we do get the pay rise or the top job, even if we do get the relationship we want, the restless search for significance still continues. Madonna, the singer, songwriter, actress and 
entrepreneur with an estimated wealth of $700 million describes the desperate pursuit of significance in her own words. I have an iron will, and all of my will has always been to conquer some horrible feeling of inadequacy. I push past one spell of it and discover myself as a special human being. And then I get to another stage and think I'm mediocre and uninteresting. Again and again. My drive in life is from this horrible fear of being mediocre. And that's always pushing me, pushing me. Because even though I've become somebody, I still have to prove that I am somebody. My struggle has never ended, and it probably never will. Psalm 8 makes clear that we will not find our significance in looking at our strengths, our success, our status, our relationships, looking in the mirror and telling ourselves what we've achieved or how much we earn or who likes us and who praises us. It is only when we look away from ourselves and fix our eyes on God and his majesty that we come to see where our real significance lies. And so this is where the psalm begins. Verse 1, fixing our eyes on God. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. And where the psalm ends in verse 9. Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. In other words, you, God, are the creator and Lord of the whole universe. You are my Lord and living for you, submitting to you, trusting in you and walking with you is what matters and gives me worth. Psalm 8 shows that when we start to say this and mean this in our hearts, then we come to recognize that our significance rests in three main areas. Firstly, in our role as God's people. As we have seen, verse 1 declares that the Almighty God has set his glory in the heavens. How then would we expect such a great and glorious God to bring himself glory on the earth. The last thing we'd expect is what we read in verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. It's quite remarkable that God should use children and infants, seemingly so small and insignificant, to bear witness to his glory on the earth and to silence his enemies. Indeed, God 
so often uses the small and the seemingly insignificant to glorify him and to bring down the powers of evil. As the Apostle Paul proclaims in 1 Corinthians, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Well, William Carey was born into a poor family and received a very average education, leaving school before he reached his teens. Uh, he was then apprenticed a shoemaker, but simply didn't make the grade. Um, he then tried his hand at running a school, but it was a disaster. His marriage was not a happy one, and his only daughter died young. He was a deeply committed Christian, but his attempt at pastoring a small church lessened his chances of ordination because, by common consent, his sermons were too boring. And yet, Carey formed a missionary society with himself as the first candidate, setting sail to India in 1793. He eventually translated the Bible into Bengali, Oriya, Marathi, Hindi, Assamese, and Sanskrit, as well as portions of the Bible into 29 other languages. At one stage, he lost 10 years' translation work in a fire. What did he do? He just started again. Then there were his contributions to literature, education, literacy, agriculture, getting infanticide outlawed in India, and more. This man, so feeble and unimpressive in the world's eyes, was used by God to impact the lives of literally millions of people for their good and for God's glory. And God chooses to use us, his people, weak and frail as we may be, to bring him glory on earth. This might mean that he gives us the strength and the resources to uh, establish a missionary society like William Carey, or it might mean he gives us the strength and the resources to lead a church youth group, or help at a homeless shelter, or talk about our love for Jesus to those that may not know Jesus yet, or make efforts to regularly visit our lonely neighbour, or make the tea and get to know the new intern at work. Whatever it is, we can praise our awesome God, that he chooses to use us, his people, to glorify him on earth by reflecting his love and speaking about his love to those that we meet each day.
Well, secondly, we find significance in our place in God's creation. In verse 3, the psalmist marvels, When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. Well, I love going camping. Um, As those of you who know me will confirm, I'm pretty hopeless at all things practical, so therefore uh, somebody else normally puts up the tent. Um, But there is something beautiful about sleeping outside, so close to the elements. Or even sleeping under the night sky when the stars and the moon are your canvas. And when we gaze into space and we consider the vastness of the universe, we cannot help but be overwhelmed. Uh, Last week, NASA's Kepler telescope identified a planet roughly the same size as Earth, orbiting a star very similar to our sun. Uh, The planet is 1,400 light years away, but that's still well within our galaxy. The star it is orbiting is, like our sun, uh, over one million times larger than the Earth, and is one of hundreds of billions of stars in our galaxy. Astronomers estimate that there are hundreds of billions of galaxies within the observable universe. Doesn't that make us feel small and insignificant? But now look at verses 3 to 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swims the paths of the sea. God, the creator of heaven and earth, the solar system, the far-flung galaxies, of all things seen and unseen, is mindful of us, each of us sitting here this evening. Like a parent is mindful of their child and what they eat and how much they sleep or whether they're hot or whether they're cold. He cares for us. He has made us just a little lower than the angels, and he has crowned us with glory and honour. The rest of the universe, the stars, the mountains, the sea, the birds and animals, are all made by God, They all reveal something of God's character. But out of this whole array, God has placed man at the center of his creation. 
Only man has the power to comprehend God. Only man has the power to think beyond material things, to acknowledge a creator, and to come into communion with him. And this is because only man is made in the image of God. As we learn in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. God's extraordinary view of man and extraordinary love for man means that all human life is precious and inherently valuable. It means that whatever your position in society, whatever your skin color or shape or size, whatever your gender, whatever your age, whatever your employment status, whatever your abilities or disabilities, whatever your state of health or state of mind, you are significant before God. Um, later this year, a bill will come before Parliament that aims to legalise assisted suicide. And how should we as Christians react to this? Of course, we are called to show sensitivity and grace and compassion to those struggling and suffering with terminal illness, disability or serious depression. But we must continue to uphold the fundamental truth that all human life has intrinsic value from beginning to end. And just as only God gives human life, only God can take human life away. The atheist philosopher Baroness Warnock has described people with incurable diseases and illnesses as wasting people's lives and wasting the resources of the National Health Service. Well, to this, Psalm 8 responds, You have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honour. Today, let us pray that we think that of ourselves, and think like that of every other person we encounter. In these verses, we also learn that God has given us authority over the earth, the flocks and the herds, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea. This does not mean that we can do whatever we can to the earth. The earth was created by God and is still his possession. But we are appointed as caretakers to protect the earth to care for and cultivate the earth. Sometimes this might mean developing new tools and technologies, farming the land, digging for minerals and fuels, irrigating and enriching the soil or damming rivers for hydroelectric power, but also seeking to preserve species threatened with extinction, maintaining the tropical rainforests, improving air, 
and water quality. Our third and ultimate significance lies in Christ and in his new creation. Psalm 8 tells us that by looking away from ourselves and fixing our eyes on God, we can find our significance firstly in our role as God's people and secondly in our place in God's creation. But when we look at the world around us, ourselves and our own lives, we become painfully aware of how we fall short of what we were made to be. Psalm 8 states that God has placed everything under our feet. But we don't see that completely. Man struggles to rule himself, let alone every part of creation. Even as followers of God, we often turn our backs on him and go against his ways. We sometimes lie. We don't give to others in the ways that we should. We desire things we should not have. We sometimes idolize. We upset those around us, even those that we love the most. Man does not enjoy the destiny mapped out in Psalm 8 in all its color and all its fullness and all its joy. Man does not rule over all things in the way that God intended. The New Testament book of Hebrews chapter 2 verses 6 to 9 refers to this psalm. It says, there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. But at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. If we are in Christ, as the Bible puts it, lifting him up as our Saviour and our Lord and our King of Kings and living in friendship with him, then one day, where he is now, crowned with eternal glory, and honour, and reigning fully over all of creation, we will be. 
because of his death on the cross for our sins, we can be accepted as forgiven people and one day enter into heaven as his children, living in complete harmony with him. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead will raise and change us into perfect people in a perfect world. So if we turn away from ourselves and fix our hearts and our minds on our majestic, all-powerful, loving God, we come to see where our true significance lies. As his people, central to his creation, and above all, in Christ and his new creation. May this never lead us to arrogance or to pride, but instead may this lead us to praise, honour and adore the highest, greatest and eternal God who has made it this way. The God who wills for us to share in his glory. So let us sing out as the psalmist does in the final verse. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Amen.